Alright, what's up everyone? It is still the Rypod, I promise. <laughs> it's been a while since we last discussed, but a few things happened. Solmi is here with me. Hello! I guess you could say it's an emergency edition, but we haven't potted in two months. <laughs> you really can't call it an emergency if you haven't done anything since, what, October? Been, no, September. Oh no! Yeah, it's been bad. But hey, in those two months... We got married. We did get married. I am now Slomeo Wilson. Boom. Kind of. Let's go. Have to go change my name. Haven't figured that out. And but Ryan oh. hasn't changed his license yet, so I don't think. We're getting lazy, okay? We're getting yeah. lazy with the paperwork. I don't want to deal with all that crap. And what else did we do? We moved. We moved. Into a house. Yep. No and... more potting in a closet. Nope. We are Our in... closets are much too small for that. Yes. We are in the bedroom mm-hmm. where doesn't matter if people hear us because there's no walls attached <laughs> there's no there's never a curfew but no. i mean there's you got to be quiet after a certain hour but, but now yeah we're potting it is 11 15 p.m i'm off of work see another 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 reason for this yeah our work schedules are butt ass they're also opposite yeah so so let me goes into work in the morning i don't go to work till 2 30 the only time we could podcast is on weekends when all the sports are going on or Friday mornings, but we're tired. Yeah, Friday and then at mornings, nights I get home at eleven. So yeah, and between going to personal training, shout out to Michaela, and also I go to school, yeah. so I have homework, and so, we're renovating this house, which is even more painful than I thought. So yeah, so it's, it's a lot. It's tough that we've been following. Trust me, and this is a very important podcast. Yeah, every day we're like, "Wow, this would be a really great topic for a podcast." But we're not gonna, you know, encapsulate everything we miss. It's not what we're gonna do. We're no. gonna talk about primarily one thing and one thing only. Yep. Um, on Tuesday, we're recording this Wednesday night, but on Tuesday morning, Virginia Tech. Tuesday morning, also our, our one, one month anniversary of being married. Okay. Let's get to the point. No, but what a great gift. And also your caption for a picture. Anyway, on Don't give me Tuesday, that face. On Tuesday, you're just interrupting me. I like interrupting. Are we done? Yes. Do you want to just take over? No. Okay, we'll call it the Mia pod now. Oh. The me pod. Cause <laughs> it's all about me, 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 me. <laughs> on Tuesday, very early in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia Tech Athletics announced that head coach Justin Fuente and the school is going to be mutually agreeing to part ways. Mm-hmm. Solomi is actually the one that broke the news to me. I was getting out of the shower. I was drying off. And she says, babe, it happened. And I was like, what do you mean it happened? She said, they fired Fuente. And I was like, okay, but there's a lot of sourcing out there. And sure enough, the Virginia Tech Athletics Facebook yeah, page the th- posted it. I shoved my phone into his face and he saw, oh... That's real. Yeah, that's real. I can't deny that. So, um, I guess we'll start immediate reaction for when you saw, and I know Solomia had been calling on this for a little while, mm-hmm. was not the biggest fan of Fuente. Um, so, your immediate reaction to the firing and the, I guess, the timing of it, if that was a surprise to you. Well, I am just excited that they finally did it. I think it's been a long time coming. Um, I have been a harsh critic of Fuente. I've also been a harsh critic of idiot Cornelson. Brad Cornelson. Um, Who's still there, by the way. Yeah. And (laughs) that doesn't make any sense to me. But um, I have had my theories. And 
of why I thought Fuente was still around and it's just great to finally see him be gone. And I think that this is a very, very good moment for VT and VT fans. Yeah, I mean, I was a little shocked at the timing of it. After a win on senior day over Duke, you have two games left against presumably the two biggest rivals, Miami, Virginia, and it was announced on a Tuesday and not a Sunday. And Justin had his press conference on Monday as if it was business as usual. But um, Athletic Director Whit Babcock had the press conference yesterday morning, and he said that he and Coach Fuente met every Wednesday during the season to talk about, you know, the week that was, the week ahead, and kind of the future. And recently, he didn't divulge which day, which Wednesday it was, but he said he could no longer guarantee that Justin would be the head coach. And that was when he knew that the move was right. Mm -hmm. And again, this has, this has boiled up, Solmia, as you mentioned. I mean, I could talk about just the, the record getting worse you know 19 and 8 his first two years since then he was 24 and 23 it's not great um he was just the lack of i guess player development and then the weird ending of 2018 and the players only meeting that was held and the 2020 covid year was a disaster and then the transfer portal whiffs and there's a lot that led to it um, I'll say, I, let's first talk to where you think the tipping point was. I'll start. I think it was when the whole transfer portal thing became the norm. And he said the comment about, you know, if you enter the portal, you're not coming back. And then in the summer, was that? No, it was the winter of 2019. So before the 2019 season, Coach Fuente had that. Oh, no, it was after the 2019 season, sorry, before 2020. He flirted with the Baylor job that became open after Matt Rule left to go to the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Um, he didn't. I don't know if the job was offered to Fuente, but Fuente didn't take it then. And, I mean, you could say that's the best thing that happened to Virginia Tech because it made us dedicate resources finally again to the football program. But I think it was just that combined with the lack of development, losing – when you have three quarterbacks last year in Hendon Hooker, Quincy Patterson, and Braxton Burmeister, and the two obvious better ones leave, you know, that's it's not a good look when, you know, they're off, like Hendon Hooker's off, setting single-season records at Tennessee, and Quincy Patterson's lighting it up, albeit at North Dakota State, but still, I mean, he's been yeah. unlocked sort of as a passer. So I think just all that, the end of 2018 throughout 2019, and that was really where it started to go downhill, and they could just never recover. I, like I said, I was never a fan. Um, I questioned the hiring the moment that it came out. I thought this seems like a step backwards. Um, granted, I was also one of the people who thought that maybe Beamer should have retired a little bit a few years earlier. I think that unfortunately VT got put into a tough spot with the timing of that retirement. Um, it was in this weird place where VT wasn't quite desirable enough for a really big-time coach to want to take it because Beamer had gone a little bit lower and has, had been, been struggling with the program it was towards for, the end. For, it was after 2011, they went 11-3. and three. Mm -hmm. 
there was seven and six, eight and five, seven and six, seven and six. And that, and not, I'm not saying those are bad years per se. Well, to Virginia Tech standards, that's bad. To, that's, exactly. That's not where we want the program to be. No. And so at that point, if it had been like maybe one year of a few of bad record of a bad record, I think it would have still been a very desirable location. But because it's been a few years, VT started kind of just going down in desirable location. So taking Fuente was like I felt like their only choice. No, in the I, sense I that know. they thought they had to take someone at that level. Here's where here's where you and I part ways on that. I think from the national media perception and the fans, we thought and remember hindsight's always twenty twenty. Hindsight's a thing. It's it's mm-hmm. great. We all thought it was a home run. He was. Setting records at Memphis offensively. You thought it was a home run. I did not. A lot of people did, I'm yeah. saying. So this was a an, a hire that was applauded by fans. Oh, I didn't say that it wasn't. I'm just saying, like, at the time, not even before his first game was played, yeah. they're like, he was the hottest kid. Besides, like, Kirby Smart, who was also hired in that cycle at Georgia, he was probably the, the hottest candidate out there. Setting records at Memphis. Paxton Lynch was about to be a first-round pick. And Witt said you know, when Beamer announced his retirement that the search for the next coach is going to be an offensive footprint. And we thought, you know, Fuente had that. But then you see reports in the last year really have come out that, like, it's not the offense he ran at Memphis. It's Brad Cornelson. He had never called plays before coming here. And that just, it's what we say a lot. We saw it. We said it after the West Virginia game this year. We said it after the Notre Dame game this year. He wasn't a a big time, big moment, that, make des- good decisions coach. That was my concern. I'm not saying you can't hire a coach who comes from a smaller school and comes up because obviously that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Start a smaller school, go up. Yeah, it, and, but yeah. I didn't think he had what it would take to be that, and, to yeah. be special. And it certainly played out many times over the five plus yeah. seasons. Couldn't play big time Tech. games. Also couldn't show up to some couldn't small games. Couldn't show up to some smaller games, which we'll get into all that yeah. later on. But just, you know, looking back, um, 10-4 and four the first year, an ACC championship game appearance, a close loss to Clemson. And then it, the 2017 season was good, but let's, let's go before that season. You had, in 2016, probably the best offense Virginia Tech has ever had aside from the 99 Vic year. Gerard Evans, Isaiah Ford... Bucky Hodges was the offense. And you had, what was it, 10 of 11 starters coming back on defense for 2017. Mm -hmm. But Gerard Evans, Isaiah Ford, Bucky Hodges, all declared early for the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. Let's look where they are now. Gerard Evans did not get drafted. He barely was in a training camp. Now he's playing like Japanese league football. Bucky Hodges... Drafted in the sixth round, never made it on an NFL roster. Yeah. Never played in a game. Isaiah Ford, seventh round pick. He's still hanging in there with the Dolphins, but I mean. But not a good, yeah, not so, a good prospect. So if that year and then 2017, you know, the defense is really good. But obviously, you know, Josh Jackson, not quite the offensive kick that you had with Gerard. And then 2018, uh, the, the defense falls apart. Yeah. And you lose to. That team in Norfolk, we'll get to that in one Before you move on, I just wanted to say that usually when a 
when players announce for a draft early, it's not necessarily for a good reason. Unless they have, like, unless they're a first-round grade pick, oh, and the coach yes. is like, and you been, should go because you don't want to stay here and, and get hurt and in go that make case, that money. it is discussed very, very early. And that is but something l- where, since, like... Since then, Gerard Evans has come out and said, I told him from the moment I stepped on campus, I'm here a year. Right. How, but, like, Fonte's like, oh, I'll change your mind, and then, you know, right. it didn't happen that way. So, which probably shows that he just didn't buy into Fuente. Yeah. He was going to stick around for one more year, and he didn't buy into Fuente. Yeah. But what I was going to say is um, we've seen this, was especially with basketball players. Um, they'll a lot will declare early for the draft, and some of those, not all, flame out in the NBA. One that I would have mentioned is Diamond Stone, who yeah. went to Maryland. Yep. Um, he actually... Uh, decided to leave college basketball early in general because he was failing on his classes. He had to. I think this is a little different, though. No, but I'm saying that usually that can be a not a red flag, but a yellow flag. But, but what you're, where you're missing is the specifics of where these guys were slated. These weren't first-round picks. No, I'm not saying so they're first-round no, picks. That's what, no, but, but if you have that many players who that's are just all three, in one but, year, okay. that but is still, a lot in one year. But still. To all declare early. And they weren't Fuente's recruits. And if then... they if they ended up declaring for the draft at the end of the year, that wouldn't be normal. But all three early, it's weird. Well, it was the end of the year when they did. You it, said they early. just had early, as in they had years of eligibility left. Oh, never mind then. Yeah, so yeah, eligibility. Just kidding. So that's what I mean by declared early when you had Gerard had I think one year left. Isaiah had he had one year left as well because he was a true freshman. Bucky Hodges also had a year. So it, it would have been their last hurrah anyway in 2017. But Cam Phillips came back, and the team went, like I said, 10-4, and 9-4 and four his first two years with Beamer's players. Beamer's players leave. He gets his guys in there. I, and he just didn't recruit the right guys. No. And that does fall on him. Yep. It, it, it falls on you to yep. get the – I don't care that he's not a, quote, recruiter. You're the head coach where you tar- you're sitting in the room, you're working 70 hours a week yep. trying to figure out who you want to go after, and clearly just wasn't the right guys, and then it all took a downturn from there. So, And that this is where the whole joke came that you and your group chat would be very excited about a new guy that just signed to... No, be- he would commit. He would verbally, commit. Verbally, verbally commit. commit. And, then and I commit. would say, oh, yeah. that th- Now it's turned to, well, wait till February. When that signing day is, and, yeah, a lot changed. So, um, let's. What do we want to do next? Um, talked about where it went wrong. Um, I'll turn to next. Um, I have a list here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two lists here. We can go through, go through the positives first. I have the top five good Fuente moments and top five bad Fuente moments. Okay. If we want to go the good first, sure. Um, and you can just fill in where you think. You know, what you think it stacks up all time. Uh, fifth, I'll go from five to one. Mm-hmm. Five, I have the Clemson game in 2016, the ACC Championship game. I know it was a loss. It was a close loss. Yes. They were in it the whole way with the Sean Watson, a team that eventually went on to win the national championship. Mm-hmm. You had a fourth down. You could have scored, gone for two. You know, they had they had momentum in the game. And, you know, Fuente coached that game to win. I thought it was a great thought. It was a great stepping point to where this program would be. Mm-hmm. You, you agree with that mostly? Mostly. Why do you disagree? I, I would, the only thing is I would more so credit the win to the players than I would to Fuente. Fair enough. 
Well, they didn't win. They lost. It was a close loss. Uh, sorry. I'd credit the effort. Effort. There you go. Okay. Number four. A game you and I were at. West Virginia 2017. Mm, that was uh, a The game. game at FedEx Field. Great atmosphere. Great game. Great rivalry game. It was the you know, opening game of the year. Fuente get, got the rivalry. Got West Virginia. Mm-hmm. 31-24 over Will Greer. I think it was a good moment. Nice close game. Good moment. Close game. Shouldn't have been as close, though. Yes, it should. And w- that was West one. Virginia was good, though. They were okay. okay. Let's be real. We saw them the rest of the season. Number three. They're I, never great. Number three, I go to 2018, the UVA game, where it was it was overtime game, and it got it closer to a bowl on senior day. It was just a great, you know, it was, we were didn't on that, a four-game losing streak. Didn't that cause the bowl, the didn't you guys get yeah, to a bowl? Yeah, we won that and then played the next week to get oh, to a right. bowl. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Um, it just, the Tech had been on a four-game losing uh, streak. See, I hate that game. Why? I don't care that you won. I was mad because I thought, gosh darn it, all will be forgiven because of this one game. Well, it was only, they weren't firing him in year three. I wanted them to fire him in year three, and I thought, oh boy, here he goes. It was too soon. They've decided he's fine. He all is forgiven. And I just, I just had a lot of fun at that game, so I'll say that. Number two, I at Florida State in 2018. I know what Florida State went on to do. I know what Tech went on to do that year. But that night felt like something special. It was great defensive performance on the road in that hostile environment to open the season again. Fuente, 5-1 and one in season openers. Yeah. They knew how to get his team ready for the first game. Not Just every game after that, a little bit different. Question, though, do you think he knew how to get them prepared for that game or you think the players were just so excited to play their first no game? i thought it was it's both because when you go five and one there's something to that it's different players it's not the same players no i know so, i know okay maybe he's just good at getting his players excited number one best moment i would say the 2019 six overtime game against unc that was so much fun yeah. back and forth game to come out on the end and to make and hendon hooker got hurt in that game Ryan Willis comes in. It's, you know, a typical Ryan Willis game. He stinks. The move he made to put Patterson in the game, was a gutsy move. Yeah. And it paid off. It did. And Tech won in six overtimes. So that was probably the biggest highlight of the Fuente era. A regular season game against a 3-3 three and three North Carolina team that took six overtimes to beat. And that's kind of sad as I say it now. But. I have my good. Notice what's not on the list. 2021 UNC. Yeah, I'm glad. Not on my list. No, I'm glad that's not on your list. Okay. Uh, well, my one good positive of Fuente, which is not a moment, but just a positive of him, was that I think because of the legend of Beamer. Frank Beamer. Yes, Frank Beamer. I think everyone knows. You could say full names. Why? Because it's just funny. You're just like Beamer, 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 like oh, the car. That's what everyone beamer. says. Anyway, so after having to follow that legend is not easy and he had to stick to a lot of traditions and he had to keep bud foster, bud foster. That, that was also I, I forgot about that and i wanted to mention it, which is all kind of funky i'm sure was difficult but on the one hand even though i think that firing fuente this late kind of destroyed a few things it's going to take a while to rebuild i do think that you're a more um interesting job now for some bigger coaches because now you're not following a legend you don't have as much to prove you can move on from that well that's not really part of this list but anyway 
What do you mean? It was. It's not a top five Fuente. No, I said I have a positive that's not a moment. I said that. This isn't even about. This is a positive like that Fuente's gone kind of. No, thing. now we get. I said the, that's a positive of that transition. You could not have. You needed to have the transition of Fuente in order to be where you are now, right? Okay. That is a I positive. I don't know how it correlates to my list. It here. is. I'm sorry. These you know I lists. hate Fuente, and I've been on the These fire. These are good Fuente. lists. No, it's a good list. Okay. I thought that was. I I had to say one good thing. And that was my good and thing. It wasn't about Fuente. Yes, it was an anti-Fuente good thing. It was a no because he is going to help you in the long run. Okay. By the for that he existed between Beamer and oh, your next coach. Okay. You don't get it. No. They literally said this on the show we were watching yesterday. I still don't get it. You need you need a transitional guy. Yeah, it's like, but. I'm going to go art, art history on you, and I don't want to. No. But, like, with Roman emperors, oh there was a good Roman emperor, and then there was a crappy Roman emperor. And that's, that crappy Roman emperor that, helped nothing, for a new... That has new, nothing to or, do with my list. But I I said I wanted to say something good that didn't have to do with the moment, but just a good, something good okay. that came out of all of this. Because I'm always really negative, so I wanted to say one positive that came out of all of this. Okay. Aren't you glad? Well, we'll see if it ends up being a positive. Because what if this next coach comes in and flames out too? Oh, at that point, then it's fire athletic director. And I'm all on that train if the, we need to be no, on No, no. He's made the only... I just hated his press conference last year. The only bad hires he made. And he, in his press conference yesterday, he did a mea culpa that his communication last year was poor. The fact, it was The horrible. fact that we needed a press conference to announce that he's staying as head coach is just weird. Yeah. And it was a weird press... The way he was answering mm-hmm. questions, like... We got to treat this like it was his first year. It's all his. I'm like, okay, let's try again. He's, he did, did. That was all t- kinds but of But he fixed it, and we'll talk more about wit later on. Now, let's get to what I'm sure you want to talk about. The top five bad Fuente moments. Oh, I'm ready. I have. I'll start at number five. I have two tied for number five, but they're similar. Okay. The games at Pittsburgh in 2018 and 2020. Yep. The game at Pitt was a 52 to 22 loss. Mm-hmm. The game at Pitt in 2020 was a 47 to 14 loss. Just any game where Fuente is playing Pitt, it's well, not going to You and I went to the one they shut out Pitt, 28 nothing in the yes. rain. Yes. Yes, we did go to that. He went one. 3 and 3 versus Pitt. Yeah, that's it like... wasn't bad. Yeah, but Beamer was worse against Pitt. That's true. So, that's just true. those games but but those games you, you didn't show up you looked pathetic you know it was it was over immediately mm-hmm. and that I pin on the coach yeah it's embarrassing get your team off the bus number four Duke twenty nineteen oh. a home game on a Friday night and you lose to a bad Duke team forty five to ten yeah that's not great you, you, I don't and it, and this I guess the next one on my list. Is also under the similar thing, but the no, I'm gonna get to it later. But Duke, you, you loot the, the biggest home loss in Lane Stadium history, 35 points to to Duke. Yeah, really? Yeah. In football. This is yeah. this is not basketball. No. So that that was a bad moment. You don't. You can't lose to Duke. And that football. was when. And but that was what prompted the switch from Ryan Willis to Hendon Hooker. Yes. Number three, I got one from this year. It's not the Notre Dame game. I figured it's not. It's not the West Virginia game. Syracuse. It's the Syracuse game. Yeah. You have a nine-point lead against yeah. a team that had not won an ACC game yet at home. Mm-hmm. 
and you blow it. Mm. It's on you, Foo. I will say also, really bad part of Fuente, the end of VT having a home advantage. That that's what I was that's what I was hinting at before. Like yeah. what has happened to Lane Stadium? There's no I Fans, I, I don't blame you. I look this all up. the entire league. I don't have the exact numbers, but mm-hmm. I know since this is even before Fuente started, but since the like towards the end of the Beamer era, Virginia Tech has a losing record at home against Power Five teams. It's bad. That's embarrassing. You should like it's kind of like um you know how we sometimes are surprised at like a scrappier team beats like one of the like playoffs. Yeah prospects and that's because and we've said this that was their big game they were looking for look at purdue to, right but look what purdue does all the exactly time. they can beat those bigger teams because they focus on that big team that they want to beat and they have a great crowd yeah and they know how to ha- play that home advantage and it is hard to play games at purdue ohio state i know they struggle there Gets nervous. Same with Iowa, usually. Iowa's also really hard sometimes for bigger teams to go. And VT should be that. It should be that. It was that. It used to be. And now it's not. And that's Even if, not but like good. The, the problem with that is the crowd. You've been there. I, the crowd's there. The crowd is there. It's It the, was he, there in Notre Dame. He doesn't get the team to feed off that energy. I think no. of Clemson 2017. College game day was there. Mm-hmm. If if that doesn't hype you up enough, the defending national champs are coming into your house. Yeah, that was your chance to. And I don't care flat. if the rest of your season doesn't necessarily go well. Mm-hmm. Make that game count. Make it count. So that was the home field advantage. And now number two, I have Liberty in twenty twenty. Yeah. So. And uh, the the reason this is number two and not number one is because li- wait how I am very curious of what to your number one is because there are two more games I would have included. I know, but there's 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 a lot I want to include. But we'll start with number two, Liberty. The reason it's not number one, Liberty was a ranked team for what it's worth. I mean, it's Liberty, but they were ranked. Yeah, we've done when this. they came in before. Yeah, when they came in the Lane Stadium and just the defensive performance was unconscionable mm-hmm. you could not stop malik willis could not get off the field on third and fourth down they scored 38 points but the offense without khalil herbert who was the 1500 yard rusher and no james mitchell who's the best tight end we still put up 35 points and hooker had a great day but it was the end of the game where liberty's kicker was in his career was two of six from over 30 yards and they line up for a 59-yard field goal, and Fuente calls timeout. Yeah. And the, I'm not even worried about that it was blocked in return for a touchdown, by the way, yeah. as the timeout was being called. I don't care about that. The fact that you think Liberty's going to actually, that you need a timeout to get right personnel in the field when Liberty's kicking a 50, I don't even, maybe 50 set, but still, a a, but a, almost 60 more. yard field goal when the kicker of two of six for more than 30 yards in his career what are you doing and then and there was eight there was eight seconds left there was you know it's not like there it was the last ditch effort it's not like there's three yeah. seconds left so what does liberty do they run a play they get seven more yards and it's a 49 yard field goal and it goes right through 
Yeah. That is terrible coaching in all facets. You never... Why are you worried about the right personnel being on there for a field goal of 59 yards? What, so you can return the kick? Because it's going to go 40 yards? Yeah, stop pretending like you're coaching but and just making arbitrary it's decisions. Just, oh, so it that, looks like you're oh. involved. And you don't lose to Liberty. I don't no. care if they're ranked or not. Don't lose. Number one. Okay, I'm curious. What is your number It's one? Old Dominion, 2018. Okay, how is losing to UVA not because, on the list? Because, see, I'll get to that. It's, it's It was number six on my list. Because the team still showed up. Not, I, um, I'm sorry, but after ending having the streak a, sucks. Ending yes. the ending the streak, and I understand everyone's always like, "Oh, who cares about the streak?" You know, UV for a, for a school. Can I please not, talk, let me justify okay, this first? Okay, fine, go. Let me justify. Fine, Old Dominion first because it, well, it's Old Dominion. They they came up from one double A not three years before I this agree. game. I agree. I and agree the, that just, they can the, be number the, one. The 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 defense, they give up 49 to Old Dominion. The undisciplined plays, the late hits, they're just not ready, not up to the... You had two weeks off because the ECU game was canceled. Remember that weird thing? It was the yeah, yeah, ECU yeah. game was canceled because of the hurricane that didn't actually come. Oh, also a good thing that came out of Fuente. He got rid of the ECU. ECU well, yeah, I mean... I like it, that. In the worst possible way. Don't care. That was great. I liked it. But just... You lose to ODU. That was a stupid It's contract. a bad look at, you know, recruiting and, you know, you don't own that. You're like, you know, behind UVA. You lose to UVA. You lose to ODU. You lose to Liberty. We've lost to James Madison in the past, but that wasn't Beamer. Yeah. That was Beamer. I'm just saying, like, you can't lose to these in-state schools. Yeah. But the reason, the reason Virginia is not on the list, the 2019 loss to Virginia specifically, mm-hmm. that was a nip and tuck game. And the winner was going to the ACC. It's not like UVA was terrible and, you know, Tech had something to play for and didn't show up in their rivalry game. They showed up. And that UVA team had the best player on the field, mm-hmm. Bryce Perkins. Mm-hmm. It Yes, ending the streak sucked. We knew it was going to happen eventually. I know, but I have a comment after I know, end. I got you. But I'm saying it, it, it barely doesn't make the list because the team still showed up and they were just beaten by a better player. But what did you want to say about it? I was going to say, for the fact that I've had to listen for years and years and years about how UVA is the worst and stupid and blah, 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 and we hate UVA and don't you dare have friends who go to UVA or know anybody who goes to UVA because they're all soft and terrible human beings, that is just absolute BS that that is on your number six. Because the the amount of hatred you guys have for UVA, losing to them should be... should it be hurt. should be bigger than losing to Duke. It was. Right I'm sorry. There. Losing to the. Yeah. That should be over it's my losing list. Duke. I understand Duke. It was a bad loss. I get it. Sure. However, losing to your one big huge rival within your state that really shouldn't even be your rival because let's be real, they're not that good at football. That should be over Duke. No. Because that's like Maryland losing to... George Mason in basketball. No. <laughs> Which happened tonight, by the way. No, that isn't like Maryland losing to George Mason Well, there is no other Maryland school that's Power 5. Besides yeah. Navy. I mean, if you Navy's not no. in the conference, so there is no comparison. There is no parallel. But anyway... You know what? You know what that is? It's not losing to Towson, because Towson's that's on like, double A. 
No, that's not. I was. So gonna, I wasn't gonna go with Maryland. I was gonna pick but, a different school. Okay, well, that's like Ohio State losing to. Ah, oh, damn it! There are no Power Five schools in Ohio, are there? No. Other than Ohio State. No, you're thinking of Cincinnati, but they're group of five. That's like Michigan losing to Michigan State. They did this year. They do every other year. I know, but gosh darn it. So I know they do. I can't come up. There, there is no other. There's analogy. no other. But it's it's like you guys literally say that UVA isn't, isn't even on our level. You blah, didn't blah, 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 even really explain. I, I did. You did. You just you just don't. You had to two me. minutes of explaining. Yeah, and it was that's my list, and we stick to my list. I disagree. That's with your fine. List. Then you should have made your own list. All right, I am. Everything <laughs> switch out Duke and UVA. Nope. Everything else the same. Everything though. else is fine. And I agree, ODU is worse. I'm just surprised UVA wasn't on that list. I feel like he didn't want to mention it. I, because that's embarrassing. Why? Well, it is embarrassing, but I just, uh, I feel like because that game, and I kind of expected that to happen. You expect it to happen because of how bad Fuente is. Yeah, but like, but that should like show you that that's a really bad moment that. I, was even able that's to that in game. one of the more heartbreaking losses if you want to do that route okay it wasn't the worst performance <laughs> well you didn't say it was the worst performance like you worst, just said mo- bad worst, moment worst games sorry more because like, all you said was bad moment worst okay if you want to go heartbreaking losses in the fuente era that's number one probably then that's what you one or say. two explain so sorry if we go heartbreaking i'll top my head UVA 2019 is one. Kentucky 2019 is two. Notre Dame 2021 is three. Um, Agreed. Uh, shoot. ODU is four. And uh, I don't really have a fifth. That Boston College homecoming game was... That wasn't heartbreaking. Like, you know, heartbreak is like yeah, you, you have true. it. Syracuse this year. Sorry, I'll say that. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you had the lead. So there. Top five heartbreaking losses. UVA is number one. Two of them are from this year. Yeah, the and Notre Dame game this year sucked because we were the better did. team. That 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 was honestly. There's a lot of people that are saying like that that was when Wit thought, huh? Yeah, an eight point lead and you can't can't can't, can't close it at home in a night game. Not a Fuente, not a closer. Not a closer, not a closer. That guy. Mm-mm. What is that from? I, I don't know, but it's That's like, something, right? I mean, he's a closer. He is married and has four kids, so he closed that. Mm. Got a beautiful wife, beautiful children. You never know. She might leave him. She's not gonna leave him. He's, he makes. You know how much money he's making from this getting fired? Uh, he's making eight point seven five million dollars. Could you imagine? That'd be like the worst week of your life. Wife is like, I hate you. You got <laughs> so, fired. <laughs> well, they're probably gonna move down to Texas if he takes the TCU job. Or the, oh yeah, he was gonna leave you guys anyway. He was never gonna stay true to VT. He was looking for the next. Anyway, I know you probably don't, but I'm not gonna openly say I'll root for Fuente wherever he goes. But I'll say, like, I hope he lands on his feet, and he will, because he's going to get a head coaching job very soon. Yeah, I agree with that. So then. I know, I'm, not, I'm not openly rooting against him. Like I said, I thought he was a bad fit for VT. Yeah, he is. And, which is why yeah. I didn't like him. Yep. But I also just don't like how he treats his players. That is on a more. There, well, that's a different level. I think the, more so the way he treats his players is, as a. That could be taken in many ways. I take it as, yeah, the way you treat your players. That one part, he gave them too much power. In yes. 2019, where there was a weird players-only meeting, and apparently a fact that came out of that was the players say, we want turkey bacon, 
instead of regular like it was it was weird like what came out of it right. and so i fine we'll do it your way you lose to bc you barely beat Furman, you barely beat odu and you barely and you get crushed by duke and then apparently fuente said yeah how do you like that you know which is also not good he shouldn't have done that that's no, bad that's very petty so yeah that also led to it yeah i also um just want to mention that it's going to be very interesting to follow fuente it's going to be very <laughs> interesting to follow fuente at another school to see yeah. if those problems still happen mm-hmm. like was it a vt thing and the players that came out of Virginia or is it a Fuente thing? Yeah. And, it's going to be And you asked me this, it's probably a few weeks ago. If he gets fired and does well, what would you think? I'd be like, eh, indifferent. It just didn't work at Tech. You know, if it, good for him. Yeah. You know, if he wins Big 12 title or wherever he goes, but you know, just didn't work. Can't, you know, always control it. So now let's flip it forward. Talk about the future a little bit. Ooh, yay. Two weeks left in the season. It's going to be um, two weeks. I'd, I'm excited let, let's, for Let's it. quickly talk, very quickly talk about Virginia Tech for the next two weeks. Miami, Virginia. You named J.C. Price as the head coach. He's an assistant defensive line coach. You know, hokey, he was a hokey mm-hmm. through and through. The coordinators all stay the same. You know, you don't have to change See, that. that's what I I'm don't I'm saying, like. but you don't have to change that much over the last two weeks. No, I know. And I, I'm apparently on an island here. I think Virginia Tech is in a great spot to beat Miami this week. I don't know. I think Tech big. I think Tech rolls. I think that um, Miami's also in a bad spot. Miami just fired their athletic director. They had some weird players went to a city council meeting about hiring. It it seems like there's too many distractions going on down there. They just blew a lead and – historically the week after Miami plays Florida State is a time to get them. And they played Florida State last week. They blew a big lead. I like the Hokies big. I don't. You don't? I'm, I, I, I do like the idea of this guy being. And I think there's more juice. There's also just more juice. I think that's better. However, I don't know how the players are reacting to him mm. being fired. I don't know if these players were ones that were buying it more into Fuente, or are they more like the players we've been hearing of past who were upset? I don't know. Because if they were players who actually genuinely did like Fuente, it might not go so well. Um, the other thing that I don't like is the man Cornelson. Yeah. He is absolutely the reason you lost many games and i said i didn't get to say this on the pod because i wanted to and then we never potted (laughs) yes that's a verb it can be a verb today potted um and i think that he has dirt on i know well it doesn't matter now i know cornelson must have had dirt on fuente for to not be fired because you always said i love this take i mean he must have there's no way. How do you stay so loyal to a man who's that bad at his job? Ryan, how many times have you told me that I hope you're as loyal yeah, to Yeah, I said, I don't want you, when we get married, I said, I don't want you to say I love you. I don't want you to say, you know, sickness and health, all that crap, whatever. I would want her to be as loyal to me as Fuente was to Cornelson because like, he would not let him go. And that was my moment when I said, I bet you he has some dirt on Fuente and Fuente feels obligated to keep him on because of that. Some but sort of blackmail doesn't situation. matter. I know. Now Fuente's gone, gone. But it will be interesting to see. Is Cornelson as bad as we think? 
I think we'll see. yes. Okay. And I think that was what cost right, you the next percent two chance he's on this next coaching staff staff. Zero. I go. I, if there's a number less 10. than zero, I go less than zero. Negative one hundred percent. Over under wins in the last two games. Oh point zero point five. I think you do one. I have a feeling. No 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 no. I'm setting the over under at 0.5. Oh point five. At point five. Are you taking the over or the under? I would take the over. I will take as well. I think one. I think one. I think it's next week. I think Because I think Brennan Armstrong's playing for UVA and they'll beat us. See, I think you're going to lose to Miami. And as the last game, I think you'll have some moment with UVA because you guys hate UVA. Eh. And you should always beat UVA. We should, but... Anyway, now let's flip forward to beyond these next two games. And that is the search for the new head coach of Virginia Tech. So... Whit Babcock, I don't, I watched, I followed along with quotes on Twitter when the press conference was going on. I couldn't find a live stream anywhere of it. And I watched, bless you? No, you're yawning. Nope, yawning. Okay. <laughs> you look so like late, guys. Yeah. It's, it's almost midnight. We're almost done. We're just going to get through this last chunk here. I'm a little tie tie. I know. Um, Whit said he wants, you know, CEO, good, you know, culture guy who fits well with the community. Makes Virginia an important footprint in recruiting. Which means he wants a big-time coach. He wants a big-time. I'm trying to find some exact quotes. I'm going to go on Twitter. But, so, Solmia, what do you want, then, in the next VT coach? I don't. Obviously, I'm not going to make predictions on coaches specifically. No, but, like, what do you want? But I want it to. I think you guys need a big-time coach that makes a big splash. You need somebody who um, helps your donors buy in again. You have a lot of issues with alumni who did not like the last couple of years. So that needs to happen. And I think that bringing in a bigger coach is going to help recover the issues you were having with recruiting. Mm-hmm. And that is all very important because you need to start the healing process. Okay, I got the list exactly. This is from Andy Bitter, the beat writer for The Athletic, who covers Virginia Tech uh, pretty well. He was at that conference. Um and this is what Babcock said he was looking for a head coach. And this is not to say that Fuente didn't do these things. All of these things. But, like, this is what we want. Proven track record. Has Virginia Tech's values. Engages community and beyond. That's something Fuente failed to do. Leader, CEO with character and competence. Don't know how you take that. Can recruit this footprint. Beamer did that, obviously, very well. As in... Yes, you yeah. should be able to beat Maryland for Virginia yeah. players. Comfortable at being at the top of the ACC, which I've been saying for years. Yeah. And thrive in a new era of athletes. So, yeah. Yes, because as we've talked, college football has changed. Mm-hmm. And not in the actual sport, but in the way schools approach their team. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my arguments was that uh, VT was looking for their next long like coach that was going to you know be there forever. And I was saying, no, 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 no. We have to stop looking at a coach like that. You, you can't assume he's going to be there for 10 years. You need to look at it as we need to find the next guy who can, get, a, plan. He can get us somewhere in five, five years. Five-year plan. Exactly. If and you're not where you want to be after five years, then... You need to move on. It's like... Very, this is a very bad analogy coming up. It's like a relationship you have with somebody. Where do you see yourself in five years? If you're like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to travel the world. And so I said, well, I want to start a family. You know, then you might not be the you're right people commute. together. You might not no. be it. Or if you're in a relationship <laughs> and you're looking at the person, you're thinking, okay, do I want to be with this person? What would I want to be with this person in five years? And the answer is not, 
I want to be hopefully in a more committed relationship, then Ned's not your person. Yeah, another another comment with had was you cannot. Uh, he wants to find someone that engages the community, the state of Virginia especially. Mm-hmm. You cannot be insular these days. Right. That means Fuente is pretty insular. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you need to have a presence. You're, he was not present within his community, or he, he wasn't present within the university. Not as much, no. Like, come, think about how... He would do his, you know, his laps in the off-season. You know, he'd talk to the Tech Sideline podcast. He'd talk to Sons of Saturday. Yeah. He'd talk But to, it was very, you know... Like, structured and scheduled. While, like, if you... Our dog is dreaming. It's very cute. It is very adorable. He is very asleep. He's not even bothered by us just talking. This is so funny. I want to see if he makes any crazy noises. Okay. But like other <laughs> other coaches that you see at uh, football programs, they're very approachable. They're mm-hmm. on campus. Beamer did that. You just talked about how he was on campus your first year and yeah, it was great. I saw him all the time. Um, even though I don't like him after today and I hope he gets fired. Turgeon also on <laughs> campus yeah. walks around very approachable yeah. and students like that. Yeah. That is how you students like that alumni love that, and you need to do and that that's important. Mm-hmm. So then, I know you don't have a list. You don't know the coaching. No, that's I, exactly. I said that. So I'll go ahead and go with mine. And I'll agree or disagree. I like my number one is going to be start with the lowest. Lowest, I have. I'll do my three favorites. And a dark horse and someone, and I'll talk about a name that is being brought, a couple names that are being brought up that I really don't want here and I don't think of any chance of coming here. I think okay. you know at least one of them. Yeah, probably. So, so number three, I'll start. My number three, I will go Jamie Chadwell. He is currently the head coach. And these are all head coaches. I have one, two, three. Okay. He's the head coach. I know you said you wanted to avoid... And he, this is why he's number three and not number two or one. He's the head coach at Coastal Carolina. Mm. I know, but they have they, but they have built a solid program, and he's been there for sustained success. Fuente only had like the two good years at Memphis. Yeah, I know. And he's just—it's very. He's being. He's a good presence in the locker room. He's built up that program, you know, ground up almost literally. But I don't know how he'd thrive in a Power Five setting. That's, that's the question. That's- would he, That's why I'm surprised you picked will he, three head coaches, because I think I would have picked a defensive see, or wait, offensive see, coordinator. Just, but okay, but just keep continue. So, number two, oh, is he number two or one? They're very close. Just go with it. Number two, I will say Dave Clawson. This mm-hmm. is a name being thro- floated around that a lot of people don't like, but I'm starting to be sold on. He is currently, and you're gonna cringe. Because he's the current head coach at Wake Forest. No, that's a terrible idea. But the fact that he is winning at one of the worst Power 5 jobs. They're number 10 in the country right now. Mm. They they are getting good recruits. Mm. If you give him more resources and the ability to hire a a Virginia Tech defensive staff, he's well engaged with the Wake Forest community. He's very, you know, forthright. Players love him. I'm starting to be more sold on it. And he has experience at the Power 5 level. The thing I don't like, I don't like the proximity of either of these schools to Virginia Tech currently. 
I think you need to get someone. I'm not saying they can't have roots and have experience with that this area, but I don't want them coming from a school that close to VT. Okay, and then that's why my number one candidate okay. is Billy Napier. Okay. He's currently the head coach at Louisiana Lafayette. Much better. Alabama guy. He was on the Alabama staff. Better. Um, will he, the only question, I mean, he's obviously, you know, he's very, he knows the X's and O's of football well. Sorry, my foot really itches. And I don't know if it can be heard, but Salami hears it and wants me to stop. But I think he's just, he's got a good footprint. He's a good recruiter. He knows big time college football. He will embrace the fan base. My only question is how rigid is he? You know, because their offense is not great. And apparently wherever he's been, as a, since he's been the head coach there, he's insisted on calling the plays. If Witt asks him in this interview, what's the offensive philosophy? With the resources we give you, with the more you know funding, are you going to hire an offensive coordinator for a million dollars a year? Mm-hmm. If he says yes, then you know he's a good culture guy. So it's better. There are three current head coaches. My off the off the board one that I would like mm-hmm. is Charles Huff, the head coach at Marshall. He's been there one year. It's only I know it's only his, the only thing it's his dark horse. It's only his first year. He's also a Bama guy. He was the associate head coach at Alabama. I think it's too soon. It might be too soon. I mean, but he's, I watch press for my job. I watch press conferences with him every week. Yeah, he is great with the media. He's very well-spoken. The team seems to like him. The team performs well. The only question is the head coaching experience. It's only yeah. one year. He has a, he's from Pennsylvania. So he knows this. Huh? Empower him. I know you want Power Five, but I do because I don't know who. So that you're probably looking for a coordinator. Then I said that I think you look at your big colleges and look at your offensive and defensive. Another, yeah, like Brent Pry at Penn State. Yes, former Virginia Tech grad assistant. He'd be great. He'd be great. Mike Elko. He's the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Big time program. See, that is what I. I understand going with the idea of experienced head coach. However, I don't think you you can't overlook the fact that there are some really great offensive coordinators who are at currently at big time schools. That's fair. That might they'll get edge a look. Out. And Witt said, you know, all head coaches were coordinators at some point. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe they go there. I don't know, but I'm saying those are my candidates. There. And I just rather have somebody who I'd rather have that guy who was your right hand man at a big school than your head coach of a small school that doesn't quite understand how to beat big school right. big teams and then the two you want to win big yeah, and then there's two candidates that are getting buzz i don't want hugh freeze shane beamer oh shane beamer. i'll do i'll do Beam, i'll address beamer very quickly move on we need to move on from that era he's happy in south carolina stop south carolina's in the sec I think he's making a lot of money there. Don't know and what. And he has connections there. It, it it makes sense why he's there. It's it's. it's, it's got, I'm done stop. with the Beamer era. And we need to move. And on. he's also been a head coach for one year. Yeah. And like it's. If you uh, if you thought Fuente taking over for Frank was hard. Yeah. Try Frank's son. You know, always being compared to him. Yeah. We don't want that. He doesn't want that. Move this on. This is a terrible and then, idea. And then, Hugh Freeze. Now, Hugh Freeze was at Ole Miss. 
and he had those famous Ole Miss. He was mm-hmm. the head coach of Ole Miss, the team that, that beat Alabama twice. Mm-hmm. Crazy offense. And then the whole thing came out with the escorts and the yeah. – sk- He's now the head coach at Liberty, doing pretty well. But I d- – we, You need to make sure that's a check before you bring that in. Yeah, and I don't really want – I know people are like, I don't care as long as he wins. Well, he didn't really win that much. He kind of flamed out at the end of the year every time he was at Ole Miss. Yeah. So that – those two, I'm off the board. So, let's play. Then there's um, what's his face? Who? Uh, current head coach. At what school? LSU. Oh, Ed Orgeron. Yeah, because well, he's, he's going. No, nah, he. he eh, I don't know if I want him. He he'd be interesting. He's a, good, he's a good recruiter. He's a good recruiter. He's a national champion. And what I would say though is. If you didn't, w- but he's if, very undisciplined. What I would say is, if he didn't work out, he would bring you your program up a whole lot to make it a very interesting position. I just don't know if he's disciplined enough. If he himself, because think about is it, LSU right now, they right they fired him. He's still coaching for them until the end of the season. Yeah, but they're in a that is a desirable coaching. Oh, they're and it, it sucks because VT now has an open coach as well as USC and LSU. Yes, and possibly oh, and TCU mm-hmm. and if you look, I'm trying to think of the end of the year. Florida maybe opens up. So that's what I'm saying. If you were to take you know, somebody who, like, what's his name again? Ed Orgeron. Orgeron, then. If you look at him as a short-term solution with maybe you, maybe, hey, if you win a national championship, are you really going to complain? No. But if he flames out after five years, are you, are you really going to complain? No. Because just like LSU is in a great spot right now. Yeah. You will end LSU's up in LSU's not in a great spot. They're four, they're five and five. No. As in like, the, it is in, it is still a good program that someone's going to look at and going, I can turn that around and make it even better. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not a bad place to be. Right now, VT is not at, oh, I'm in a good spot where I can turn this around. This well, is... You, well, you can win it, Tech. You can. the Coastal's easy. But right now, it's... Oh, gosh darn. It's going to be a lot of work. Uh, maybe, but that's because what... Because recruiting... That's why you're hired. Recruiting's going to be hard. These guys... You got to so get a guy in there that wants to do you that You need job. a guy who can recruit. Mm-hmm. That is my... That is your number one thing you have to do. Yep. Because... It's recruiting and development. Yes, if you can recruit and develop and create a better reputation with the Virginia kids, that's going to put you in a better spot in five years. So let's play should and will. Mm-hmm. What Virginia Tech should do and what you think they will do oh, at boy. head coach. You start. Okay. Should and will. They should get someone who's a good recruiter. I, I need a name. Like, I need... Oh. They, sh- they should get who. Oh. They will do. They will get who. They should take Ed Orgeron. They should, okay. Mm-hmm. They will they take... They will take... Mm... I think they will end up taking a head coach. Who is your number two? Clawson. At Wake Forest? Yeah. And who is number one again? Billy Napier. I think they're going to take Clawson. See, my should is Napier. My will is Clawson. I think that's getting buzz. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think people... See, what makes you a toxic culture is when you crap on the hire immediately without any evidence to back it up. Like, with Mike Young, 
Did anyone like the Mike Young hire at first when it was announced? No. Look at him now. I didn't mind it. No, I'm saying like VT Twitter oh, VT blew Twitter, up. Yes. They're like, some Wofford guy, you crazy. You know, we, it, look at him now. Yeah. I will say though. So I think we got to wait Wofford, to judge this. That worked go. out and smaller school, right? But basketball is a totally different thing than football. I know, but I'm just saying like it is more normal for to do that. But to, to judge the guy before he's coached a game yes, is going to be too strong. So, so you need to make a good hire because this has got to be it. This has help. They, they can't get this wrong. We need to shut up VT Twitter a little bit. We can't get they can't get this hire wrong. No, nope. I don't think they will. I think they'll get it. I don't know who it will be. I hope they get it right. And I hope they get it it's right. It's very important. Will. Otherwise, I, it comes at the detriment of the program and the university. And with that, we spend an hour talking about Fuente. And now we're going to go to bed. I'm so tired. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back. We promise you when the new head coach is announced, at least. At the very Hopefully least. before then. But I for hope. now, thanks for listening. And you'll hear from us very soon. We'll try to do our best to be back and put this in our schedule. Because we have <laughs> we both have full-time jobs. It's hard. This sucks. <laughs> so thanks Peace again out, guys. for listening. And have a good night. <laughs>